You're listening to the Sports on Tap Podcast Network. Cheers to sports. Happy Super Bowl week and welcome in to the Pod That Brothers. We are two brothers talking sports and I'm Sammy Georgeur. And I'm George Georgeur and welcome in to the greatest show in podcasting. Today we start with a little, uh, not to overshadow George, Super Bowl week. We'll talk a couple minutes about Tom Brady retiring because we didn't get to it last week. So we'll start with a little funny clip that has to do with Tom Brady. Next year, acceptance speeches will probably shrink to four minutes. And speaking of rivals, my good friend Tom Brady is here tonight. By the time he is inducted... By the time Tom Brady is inducted in his first year of eligibility in the year 2035, he'll only have time to post his acceptance speech on his Instagram account. The good old Peyton Manning talking about Tom Brady. Um, I thought it was funny because we talked about this off air, George. Tom Brady retired, and even guys like Peyton Manning had jokes about him not being eligible for another 10, 15 years. And even though he's a 44-year-old quarterback retiring, it felt a little early for some reason. Yeah, we joked about it off the air. And it was like, really, this is the first person in history at age 44 in sports. And you're like, damn, dude, retired early. Unless it's a coach, right? Like John Madden, when I think he retired coaching at 49. But he's a coach. This is an NFL player, quarterback, and one of the most physical, if not the most physical sports in the whole entire world. Team sports, at least. I mean, people yeah. might say boxing is more physical. But team sport-wise, maybe the most physical sport in the whole entire world. 44 years old, retiring, and people are like, did he leave too soon? And I think he did. I really do. I believe he may have left too soon. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, if you look at the situation that he had in this playoff game, right? They were this close to coming back and winning a game against the Rams and being in the NFC Championship and, you know, I would have been shocked if they lost to the 49ers uh, more than more than the Rams, right? And the Rams beat them. But I think if it was Tampa Bay versus San Francisco, they would have had an even better chance to win that game. Mm-hmm. Just the Brady versus Garoppolo thing. Like, he's not losing that game. And they would have, you know, he, he was in a prime position to potentially make and win another Super Bowl again this year. And it just feels weird. We've never seen a situation like this, I feel like. Uh, a guy that's still this good at that prime of a level and they and they're done. So for me, it's such an odd feeling. It's it's weird to see because I just didn't expect Tom Brady to be this good when he retires. But it's kind of just random because he just happened to be a 44 year old that never got bad, which is an odd situation we've never seen before. Yeah, 44. You said it best, man. 44 years old, never seen one this bad. They would have probably been in the Super Bowl right now if they beat the Rams. So it's kind of sad because – and he may have came off his, what, second or third best statistical season in his whole entire career at his age. I mean, there's two trains of thoughts here, right? One of them is, okay, maybe Tom Brady retired too early. I wish I could have seen him play longer. But the other train of thought is some people say, hey, man, at least we, we're we never going to remember Tom Brady like we remembered – Brett Favre in his last year of his career looking like he was broken down or a Peyton Manning at the end of his career looking broken down or even someone like Ben Roethlisberger this year who, yeah, they went to the playoffs and stuff, but a lot of people during the year were like, oh, man, they need to move off Big Ben. So at least we never got to see that with 
uh, Tom Brady. We actually saw Tom Brady who looked healthy all season and a guy who looked like he could play three, four more years at a prime. And I guess it's a little bit better to leave the party too soon than too late. Yeah, I mean, Peyton Manning was throwing ducks. That was like the main thing people talked about. Like, look at those ducks. Like, he's just throwing wobbly passes. It was sad kind of because you're like, wow, this all-time great just like one year just tanks, right? And right. just becomes not very good. Um, and you don't have to see that with Tom Brady. He had his ups and downs, obviously, like any quarterback, right? Like maybe that last year in New England, people were like, oh, is he slowing down? And it turned out it was more just the weapons and the situation <laughs> and all that. And then he wins the Super Bowl the next year. He's one of the most remarkable athletes we'll see in our lifetime, if not the greatest. He's not the greatest athlete we'll see, but he might be the best team sport player we will watch in our entire lifetime. And that includes people like Michael Jordan and LeBron James. When I talk about the greatest, I mean it in the sense of just the excellence. We're never going to see somebody. We might maybe see somebody win four rings like LeBron or six rings like Jordan. I don't think in our lifetime we'll see another quarterback go win seven rings like Tom Brady. I think it's yeah, or make seen, the Super Bowl ten out of twenty years. Yeah, I mean well, that's I don't even just remarkable. Yeah, and you know I, I feel like the last thing I want to say about no, it doesn't have to be the last thing, but the last like main point I want to say about Tom Brady personally that I find like really important is that three, right? He had like three different primes, I feel like. Maybe even four if you really want to actually think about it. He, his first couple runs with the Patriots to win Super Bowls. Then that run for multiple years where they didn't really win any Super Bowls. They went undefeated, lost twice to the Giants. Then he had another run, the one where they beat the Seahawks and the Falcons in the Super Bowl. I feel like that was the third edition of Tom Brady. And then his fourth edition of Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. And it's really hard to find a guy in a 20-year span, uh, other than Tom Brady in NFL, LeBron James in basketball, I feel like it's kind of the same thing. He's had those four different uh, primes. But it's really hard to find someone like that who has four I different think it, primes. I think it's been two primes, but different scenario. I mean, it's, it's, I think his career is perfectly split in half. Tampa Bay's two years. I can't. I consider it like his – it's a stint. I don't know if it's yeah. a prime. It's two years, right? It was one Super Bowl and then one second-round playoff exit. Um, for me, it's that – if you look at that, I think it was the score who posted it uh, when he retired. It was a from 2001 to 2011 was three Super Bowls. It was like a 15 playoff wins, something like that. And then from 2011 to 2022 was basically the same thing. Four Super Bowls of 16 playoff wins. It was basically like two careers that are would could both be like Tom Brady, a top five quarterback and Tom Brady, a top five quarterback. But they were separate stats, separate year separate situations and it's pretty crazy to see that somebody could be that good for that long and i i just don't i just don't think we'll ever see it again quarterbacking especially right that's it's amazing it's amazing that he had that stint in tampa bay to be honest george the last thing that i've thought about with tom brady and as i've been reflecting on him retiring is the fact that like I think we're going to look back and even realize more how crazy it is that after six Super Bowls in New England, how he decided to go to Tampa Bay at 43 years old and won a Super Bowl in his first year in Tampa Bay. I think when we look back, yeah, the six, seven Super Bowls, that's awesome. Like six in New England and, you know, the seventh in Tampa Bay, all the numbers are cool. But that story of a 43 year old quarterback winning a Super Bowl a year removed from 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 New England and going to Tampa Bay. When we look back in a lot of years, we're going to be like, that was really insane. Like, this guy had 43 left and won a Super Bowl and then retired. 
No, no, totally. I, I absolutely agree with you. And, you know, for me, it's kind of like the Babe Ruth thing, right? I think Babe Ruth uh, and maybe, yeah, I guess Michael Jordan and Tom Brady, all three. You're talking about guys. like the legends of them? Like, yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, you hear what Babe Ruth did and you're like, all right, that's not fucking possible. They must have been like, it must have been playing against shitty players or something. Like, he hit like what? I think by the time he retired, he had 600 more home runs than the second place person. Problem is, <laughs> the problem is that the Tom Brady stuff's all on HD camera. But yeah, it's on it. Yeah, but then it's like Michael Jordan. Oh yeah, he he won three in a row, retired, came back, won three in a row, retired. So basically, six championships in six full seasons. That's pretty crazy. And then Tom Brady, seven Super Bowls, and then even what you said, going in Tampa at age forty three and winning a Super Bowl. I think we'll look back 80, 90, 100 years from now, and kids will be like, "What? Really? He did that? That does that doesn't even seem possible." And it was, yeah. and we got to watch it all. Yeah, and that's it's even that's why I'm saying it's even more amazing than we even think about, like the Wilt Chamberman 100 point game, right? Mm-hmm. There's no footage of it. It's like okay, it's a legend, kind it's of a, sad. Uh, yeah, it's an urban <laughs> legend. It's like okay, it's real. I get it, but at the same time, it's like okay, that's cool, right? Um, and then the same thing with like Babe Ruth. It's like Babe Ruth is. You know, he's amazing and he has some of the craziest statistics and some consider him the best player ever. But it's like, do I know if he is? I don't know. But when you get to the Michael Jordan side and the Tom Brady side, we're going to have like, you'll, you'll be able to tell your grandkids about this and they're going to go Google these things and be like, wow, that wasn't a joke. Right. And they actually going to watch this and be like, how did a 44 year old? Because science is amazing, George. I get it. Like LeBron's going to play longer than Jordan and Brady played longer than Manning and Joe Montana and all these people because of science, probably right. But there's going to be a certain point where that doesn't happen anymore. Th- yeah, we're not, not going to have like 50, 60 year old quarterbacks in their primes. Exactly. I think even 30, 40 years from now, I think it's going to be around 39, 40, 41 people retire. Right. Right. So I think even when we have grandkids one day, our own kids, like 30, 40, 50 years from now, and they're like, Dad, oh, Grandpa. Like Tom Brady, did he really do this? It's like, wow, he actually was 44 years old. And like he won a Super Bowl at 43. That stuff is so, I think it's still going to be so relevant when that time comes. Right, I to totally agree things. with you. That That's a great, great point because that's kind of why baseball stats in general still live on and they still have this whole thing like, oh, he hit a 550-foot home run. No one's going to hit a 670-foot home run. Like 550 yeah. is kind of, yeah, that's just kind of how far the ball is allowed to travel. And no, no one's going to hit in 162 games more than 70 home runs, 60 to 70 home runs because – not possible. So that's why like baseball and steroids stand. aren't allowed anymore. <laughs> it's the base steroids aren't allowed anymore. So yeah. So that's why it stays relevant. So I think you're right. Like at a certain point, like it stops, right? Like, yeah, maybe the athletes get better, stronger, faster, whatever it might be, but there's a certain like limit to human body's achievement. And I think Tom Brady may have, I, I think in our lifetime, he pushed it to the limits. I don't know, necessarily think we'll see 44, 43 year old quarterbacks in their prime playing. My, yeah. at that level i just don't think we'll see it yeah we're, we're not I going mean. to i just don't think we're going to at all and it's going to be it could be the same thing with lebron if his body holds up he might be in that situation too or we're like holy crap how is he playing at 43 at this level it's a maybe i'm not sure if it can happen mm-hmm. um but it's something that like you said it's it's there's not going to be 12 other lebrons doing it yes it's something that's <laughs> like there's one person or one scenario and you said one thing as science evolves 
the other side of the sport's also evolving, right? Like 70 home runs. Also, pitchers are evolving. So, yeah, the batters mm-hmm. are not – even if the batters get exponentially better, so are the pitchers. And same with football. If Tom Brady keeps getting better, well, guess what? Uh, linemen keep getting better, defensive linemen. Like Aaron Donald's show up. Aaron Donald did not exist 10 years ago, right? <laughs> Aaron Donald's a freak of nature. He's something else. So just like in every sport, the reason I don't think we're going to see it go past a certain level, like it's not like the science is only good for quarterbacks, right? It's good for everyone. So it's rare. Even if you have a quarterback that's lasting till 43, whatever, you might get hit by Aaron Donald at 43 years old and get hit too hard that your career is over because those that side's advancing too. So I think Absolutely. that's why it, it's that's why you don't see a Wilt Chamberlain 100 point game because even though LeBron James is a freak of nature and Jordan was a freak of nature and whatever, well, guess what? There's also other freaks on the court now. And so there's look at Giannis. Like LeBron yeah, has to play against Giannis. It's not Giannis playing against John Stockton, like little white guys, right? It's right. So it's a it, times change for both sides. No, no, totally. I totally agree. And uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just part of me still though disappointed that we're not going to get watch Tom Brady for another year. I kind of wish like it would have been different watching that last game if we knew it was Tom Brady's last game because I kind of assumed like, man, he's going to be back next year. We both were like, oh, it could be his last game. Ha ha ha. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we yeah. But, like I didn't, we but I didn't it. actually think it was going to be his last game. Like zero. Uh, there's not part of me that actually believed it while watching the game. So Yeah, and, and nor did I, to be honest. But it's tough. But, you know, that's 13 minutes on Tom Brady. I don't want to overshadow Super Bowl week. We should end We should end before the 13-minute mark because his, his number – Jersey number is 12. Well, we're at the 14-minute mark, so I'm not sure oh, how that would work. That's weird. Okay, so your your screen says what right now? 14 minutes. Mine says 12.56. That's odd, but it's not <laughs> isn't correct. That, so. Yeah, isn't that odd? <laughs> that's, that's so very weird. Odd. So, well, let's just pretend like it's 12 in honor of Tom Brady, and let's get on to Super Bowl week. <laughs> All right, perfect. <laughs> because I don't want to overshadow Super Bowl week. And, you know, I... I'm actually very excited about this Super Bowl. There's been a a shift, right? And uh, I guess before we get into our quick topics, we, me and George are both brought out three different tweets. I think we both just did tweets. We did three different mm-hmm. tweets each with different topics, different things to talk about from Super Bowl week. And I got to say, before we get to that, George, the one comment I have is this one is different. We have a shift. And what I mean by that is, it's not the same old quarterbacks. It's not the same old teams. It's not the same old, you know, what we're used to. It felt like last year in the NBA when you had the Milwaukee Bucks against the Phoenix Suns. Like, That's when does that great. happen? Right? Fantas- another fantastic point there you just made. It's like, I yeah, know. it's an absolute <laughs> shift. Like, no, no, yeah, no, I love that. I love that point because usually it's kind of like, oh, the same, the usual suspects. Well, I guess it's because it's usually Brady, Brady, Brady. But also Mahomes. the Kansas City Chiefs, Mahomes. Uh, you get a lot of Steelers in the Super Bowl yep. over the, our last, but uh, Pete Carroll, a lot of some familiar suspects. This one is like totally brand new. I except I guess the Rams have been to a Super Bowl before, but Jared Goff was the quarterback, not Matt Stafford. So I do feel like it's a different team. Yeah, it's two. It's think about it, it's two quarterbacks, one old, one young, both number one picks. Both have never been to a Super Bowl. Both. Uh, endured bad franchises, even though Burrow's only been on year two, but he's taking the bad franchise to the Super Bowl while the other guy, after 11 years or 10 years of working with the bad franchise, left to the better opportunity. And you kind of have this interesting, I don't know, this interesting just 
situation because there's a lot of quarterback history that could be made this week. And Mm -hmm. I was watching Colin Coward this weekend and he was talking about, you know, one, if Joe Burrow wins a quarter, wins a Super Bowl in year two with the Cincinnati Bengals, like, well, I'm not talking Patrick Mahomes going to the chiefs, you know, like in, with Andy Reid. We're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. If Joe Burrow wins in year two, this is something huge. And, you know, like we talked about last podcast. I'm going to put him ahead of Aaron Rodgers historically if he wins this year in year two because because Aaron Rodgers, you know, complaining about all... I I got Aaron Rodgers tweet coming up later, but complains about all his teammates and all his problems at Green Bay. Joe Burrow goes to Cincinnati, wins his Super Bowl. Get out of here, Aaron. Joe yeah, Burrow replacement. No, he has the worst offensive line in the league. Let me get to the point, George. Let me get, I George know. always bitching about Aaron Rodgers. The, the point is that <laughs> I don't even know what the point was anymore. I just started bitching about Aaron Rodgers for no reason. Oh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow would be a unique situation just coming in and winning a Super Bowl so quick. And then Matt Stafford on the other end, George. Like, same thing. And to your Aaron Rodgers point, this is what I was getting to, actually. Colin Coward said this. He was like, <laughs> if Matt Stafford wins the Super Bowl this year, he has a he has like he has averaging more passing yards, a better passer rating in the playoffs than and then uh, Aaron Rodgers and have the same amount of Super Bowls as Aaron Rodgers. And yeah. one and okay, he'd be four and three in the playoffs instead of Rodgers is eleven and ten, but they'd both be one game above five hundred. And but Matt Stafford's been on a good team for one year, and he was like, "What if Matt Stafford got drafted to Green Bay, low maintenance dude in a low maintenance city, like, like." Well, what would, what would be the difference of their careers if Rodgers got drafted to Detroit and if Stafford got drafted to Green Bay? All right, cool. So I'm just going to go ahead and say what my first tweet is. My first tweet is, Matt Stafford has been to as many Super Bowls as Aaron Rodgers from 79, I will. So let's just get that out of the way because I guess that's our first topic here. And yep. it would say a lot about Matt Stafford, Sammy. Um, look, he has been as many Super Bowls as Aaron Rodgers. And you do wonder if you were to flip the roles, like Rodgers running for his life in Detroit, um, getting hit all the time. And and meanwhile, Matt Stafford's in Green Bay, good offensive line, good organizing. What would their careers be? And you can do this with a lot of different players, right? I mean, a lot of, a lot of sports is circumstantial. But it is interesting to think because, like, Matt Stafford's a guy who, you know, anyone who – really knew football was preaching all these years like oh no Matt Stafford's really good it's just Detroit it's just Detroit and this year's kind of come to fruition and actually shown that yeah I think it's it's pretty insane the whole scenario first and foremost like not to make this all about Aaron Rodgers yeah because he's not in the Super Bowl just yeah Uh, (laughs) but it, it is remarkable when you see these type of situation. There, there's a lot that I feel like we can correlate towards Aaron Rodgers just based on the weekly events, which was Tom Brady retiring. And it's like, everyone wants to talk about who's like the greatest quarterback we've watched. And not like, like we all know Tom Brady's the goat compared to Aaron Rodgers, but like who's better, more talented. It's like the end of the day, everything I see like more and more just tells me why Aaron Rodgers isn't like that spectacular. Jimmy Garoppolo was potentially about to go to his second Super Bowl which is more than Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? Like Big Ben, as much as we want to talk crap about him, I think he went to three Super Bowls. He won two of them. Uh, Russell Wilson's been to more Super Bowls. Matt Stafford's now going to the same amount of Super Bowls, one year removed from Detroit, than Aaron Rodgers did in his entire career. Matt Ryan's been to a Super Bowl that's the same as Aaron Rodgers. Joe Flacco's won a Super Bowl. You know, like this one Super Bowl thing, it's a little bit of a bigger deal than 
you know, some people make it and when because there's a lot of guys that make it once, right? And and uh, Aaron Rodgers is is you know, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers should be making it more than once. And you can I feel like this is proof. If you have a good quarterback and put him in a decent system, aka like Joe Burrow or Matt Stafford's a great example. You should be able to win games and go, but I think Aaron Rodgers likes to blame others and not himself when he uh, when he doesn't make it. All right, Sammy, I know you're going to use this as a clip today, so I'm just going to go for it. <laughs> are you ready? I hope you are. I'm just going to future advice. Just don't have to ask <laughs> me when I'm ready. Just go for it. Like, just talk. Yeah, I'm you know I'm not asking you permission. Let's go. All right. So Aaron Rodgers to me is like an IPA. Everyone wants to like fucking convince you all the fucking time that the IPA is so much better than every other beer. And if you really know beer, you would know that this IPA with 7% and made out of grain wheat is so much better than that. You have the IPA, you taste it, and you can only have one IPA because it's so flavorful and it actually kind of smells bad and it doesn't make you feel so good after drinking it. Aaron Rodgers is like an IPA. You can only have one, and that's why he's only been to one Super Bowl. Meanwhile, guys like Tom Brady, they're like a nice, crisp Michelob Ultra. You can have 12 of them and feel good. Was this sponsored by Michelob Ultra? <laughs> it should be. I'll reach out to someone. Uh, I don't know if anybody's going to like this. I don't know how many people will like this take because I know there's a lot of people that actually do like IPAs. Um, and it sounds like you're drinking some really bad IPAs if you say they smell bad. So I don't know who's serving you IPAs if you're getting nasty smelling ones. Um, but uh, I know George is a little soft when it comes to the beer drinking side. So I, yeah. I can see why this theory works for him, especially. I, I'm not the biggest IPA guy either because they tend to uh, tend to make you a little bloated. So I feel exactly. you. I feel yeah, you yeah. But I just don't Thank know. You. I don't know how many people are going to understand that, that theory. I don't know how many people are as soft as us when it comes to uh, IPA drinking. That's true. That's very true. I mean, in not. our world, in our world, Aaron Rodgers is an IPA. In my world, Aaron Rodgers is an IPA. And uh, okay, Brady's not a Michael Bolt. He's a vodka soda. I can have so many and never get bloated. That's, That's fair. But you can get a little wild, like winning seven Ooh. Super Bowls. <laughs> I love it. Right? Well, okay. Enough Aaron Rodgers talk, George. Like the whole point right. was Matt Stafford is going to the same amount of Super Bowls as yes. Aaron Rodgers, which is crazy. And Matt Stafford, uh, I think has gained about i don't even know how to explain it but like matt stafford went from like eh, like he's awesome but type of guy in his career to now matt stafford's become like wow you actually are one of like the all-time greats if you like from what we all knew in detroit that he was better than the results right for most people right um so i just feel like at the end of the day this could really change a lot. He he surpasses those guys, even like the Matt Ryans who have won MVPs, right? But like mm -hmm. in lost in Super Bowls, if he can win a Super Bowl, what can you say about Matt Stafford, a guy who played 10 years in Detroit and crap and took him to the playoffs a couple times, right? Even though they didn't win. Twice, like it's it's twice or three times. I'm not. I think it's remember. twice. It okay. might be three times because he's, he's three and three in his playoff career. He didn't lose at the Rams yet. So I think, yeah, three times. Okay. Uh, which is really hard to do in Detroit. Just just watch. So so, this Obviously. is actually a good question for you huh. to go off what you're saying. Do you think this is going to – okay, so there's two trains of thoughts here, right? Is it Matt Stafford winning the Super Bowl or getting to the Super Bowl and having success outside of Detroit going to scare people off 
like quarterbacks, especially from wanting to be drafted by the Detroit Lions in the future and then being in that organization? Or do they see someone like Joe Burrow who is able to take over a shitty organization like the Cincinnati Bengals and take them to a Super Bowl? Or do you think like just in general, quarterbacks won't give a shit either way? Because that might be what it is. I think they'll give a shit either way. <laughs> I think if because you got to think about it, Matt Stafford didn't give a shit either, right? I mean, and it was three. He took him to three playoffs in ten years, which is a lot for the Detroit Lions. That if might be more impressive than winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, dude. No, the Detroit Lions. What I was getting to was, I don't be surprised if the Lions don't go to the playoffs three times in the next ten years, the next following ten years. Just don't be surprised. So I'll be surprised if they do. If they make it three times in the next 10 years, 30%, I'll be very surprised. That's what that's what I'm saying, though. It's like it's I'm saying don't be surprised if they don't. So it's be that this this same thing as being surprised if they do. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) So don't be surprised. I'm saying don't be surprised if they don't do it because like it's it's that it's that hard in Detroit. But I don't think George to your question, I don't think it takes people away because if you're a great quarterback, just like a Matt Stafford. You could see he put it, he went all in there. They did make some playoffs. And at the end of the day, that franchise is continuing to try to make changes, right? You look at the Cincinnati Bengals. There's been a lot of just like not that great of a franchise for a long time until they found the right coach and the right quarterback. And I think that's, you know, I don't know. I think, I think this is a 50, 50 take in America right now is, I'm pretty big on like Dan Campbell for the culture. I don't know about his coaching, but like culture wise, I think that team's going to start winning some games. I don't know if they'll, he'll be there in five years because I don't think maybe he's like that level of a coach, but I think he's right. going to do enough to like get that team to start winning six, seven games. And I think it'll be a good transitional coach in three, four years where now you're going to find someone that, you know, can fit in Detroit like him, but also maybe a little bit of a better coach. And, eventually it changes right the cleveland browns made the playoffs of baker mayfield after what was it a 20-year drought 19 yeah about 20 i think first time since they actually or second time since they moved back to cleveland yeah so and what did that take it took a quarterback who is not that great still but he was playing good that year a decent quarterback and a good coach and eventually every team's going to get that but who's the best coach matt stafford had jim caldwell yeah i was gonna say caldwell most likely i mean Went to the playoffs with him a couple of times. And well, I think yeah, Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia, man, rocket scientist at least. So don't yeah. don't don't hate. What's he doing these days? Who knows? I have no idea what he's doing these days. He would have left. He left pretty quick there. Well, we did speak about Matt Stafford here. Okay, so I'm gonna go on to my first tweet, which is just all right. Your daily dose. Okay, Cincinnati Bengals tweeted this out because I wanted to talk about both quarterbacks. Because I don't know which one's more likable. And like it's not an easy answer because you can say Joe Burrow because of his funniness and his youngness and he's cool and whatever, right? But you can also say Matt Stafford because he went to Detroit and he's, you know, his wife who had cancer, he like was by her side every single day and they have this beautiful relationship and Absolutely. great family. And then he's he came here and to take a risk in LA and figured it out. So they both have these different different lovable stories. Okay. But my question is. Because I saw the Bengals tweeted out your daily dose of, and they listed off some nicknames for Joe Burrow. And the question is going to be is what is the best nickname for Joe Burrow? Because we got to pick one for this podcast. We're, All right. We're going to make a choice. And from here on, especially next week when we talk about the Bengals, uh, whatever podcast we got in the future, we got to pick a name. Got to pick a name. And the options are Joey Franchise, which I like a lot. I like that. Okay. There's Joe Burr. 
Uh, that's good. Ice in his veins. Yeah, I see. that that one's the one I like the least so far because everyone's using it. Okay, Joe Shiesty, Shiesty. I don't even know how to say it. Shiesty, correctly. yeah. Um, which mean you know what that means, right? Like kind of like feisty, cool, like no swag. It means, no, no. <laughs> it Not means like unapologetic and like don't care about others. So it's like okay. he doesn't give a shit about anybody okay. else. It just does what it takes to, to win. I'll give you the just exact. Win. It's they they do what it takes to to get the advantage. I think it is is the definition okay. of shiesty. It is refers to an action that is greedy or inconsiderate. When someone is shiesty, it means they don't think about others and they do things that benefit them, which is kind of swag for a quarterback. That is swag. Uh, Joe Cool, too standard for me. Joey B, and I haven't heard this one, but I kind of like Joseph Lee Burrow. I don't know is his last name is that his full name. That must be his full name, Joseph Lee Burrow. I kind of, I kind of like that the best in Joe Cool. So, but and I know you don't like Joe Cool, but I think it'd be fun just to refer to him as Joseph Lee Burrow from now on, whenever we remember to on this podcast. My my two are going to be Joseph Lee Burrow or Joey Franchise because Joey Franchise just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, I think it's Joseph Lee Burrow. I think we both agree on that one. We both like that one. So, I know we're going to forget to say it all the time. I'm going to try. But Joseph Lee Burrow, that's my guy. And uh, I'm excited. I can't believe he, wh- what he's done to get the Bengals here. It's It's been a Cinderella story. Um, the only My only concern, which we'll get to our predictions at the end, is don't you feel like a lot of time the Cinderella stories end at the end negatively, right? Like the March yes, Madness stories. Absolutely. Like Absolutely, but I also feel like we have two Cinderella stories here because I kind of consider Matt Stafford a Cinderella story. So I actually think no matter what, who loses, one of them is going to end up having a sad ending, either the whole entire football team of the Cincinnati Bengals in that Cinderella story or like the Matt Stafford rescued from the trenches of Detroit to Los Angeles to only lose at the end. One of them, one of them is going to come out. With their, you know, Cinderella slippers is past midnight or whatever the, the thing is. Yeah, I actually almost included one of my tweets to be. Uh, it was it's a Rams blogger. What's his name? Holden something. Uh, I don't know. I follow him on Twitter, and he tweeted out like everyone's talking about the Bengals Cinderella story, and he's like, I kind of feel like both teams are a Cinderella story. The Matt Stafford to the Rams is a Cinderella story in itself, and mm-hmm. it is interesting because, like I was talking about the shift earlier. Do we usually have a Super Bowl with like two feel good stories? Like we've we've been talking about this, but like both people are both quarterbacks and both situations are somewhat likable, unless you don't like L.A. because L.A. tends to like buy talent, but and, and which they did game. this year. So like the team itself is not like a Cinderella story, right? Yeah, but but usually I feel like when we talk about Super Bowls, it's like. It's quarterback versus quarterback story. Yeah, exactly. and even like OJ, uh, OJ, OBJ. I was like, like OJ the- Simpson. <laughs> What's he up to? The Super Bowl? I don't know. He, I don't think he. Last time he was in LA, bad things happened. Is uh, is, is OJ Simpson allowed at Super Bowls? Like, does he get? Could he get a pass, or is he like? I'm man? sure. He, no, I'm sure. I think he's okay. I don't know. We'll ask someone. This is a good, good, <laughs> good thing to know. I just want to know, like, is if OJ Simpson was at the Super Bowl, like. Is the camera going on? I'm like, oh, OJ Simpson in the building, or is it like oh, I don't put him so. on camera? I just don't think the NFL like really wants to associate with him too much. If that makes sense, hmm. like, I don't I think do they're some... inviting him. After this research, after this podcast, George, I'm going to do some research. Is OJ Simpson allowed on 
in the uh, Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. Just want to know. But All right. continue. OB, yeah, if, you wanna, if you're going to get to an OBJ story. No, not OBJ whole, story. Because my, my last tweet is all, or my second tweet is all about OBJ. Okay, mine's all about Corbett. But I was going to say, we'll get to that. We can choose which tweet to go to next. Either continue OBJ or continue to the quarterbacks for the last part of the quarterbacks. But I was just going to say, even OBJ is kind of a rescued Cinderella story being rescued from Cleveland. Okay, let me get to it. Okay. Uh, I know that you were going to go next, but screw it. That's fine. We do things on, on the go on this podcast. doesn't really matter. So OBJ, and for those, if you're watching on the Spotify video, me and George were talking about his take last week about looking to the left all the time. He stopped doing it. Now yeah, I'm are. the one doing it, but that's because <laughs> I have two screens, camera in the middle. When I'm looking left, it means I'm looking at the uh, the tweets to read them. They're not centered for me, so that's that's why it's not a tick for me. I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, I probably looked like George George's tick that he used to have. I know. Well, I was thinking the same thing, but I know that you're you have two screens, so there you go. For the for the people listening to this on audio, it makes no difference to you, but that's all right. Um, the tweet was. It's supposed to be to say if, but it's, they let Odell score in the Super Bowl. He couldn't start performing at the halftime show. I saw that one too. <laughs> it's a good one because it kind of is true. Um, like th- there's going to be some type of show put on if OBJ goes off in the Super Bowl. But it's it's interesting to me, and the reason I wanted to bring that up is because OBJ has had so many waves of likable and unlikable, right? And I think. Mm-hmm. For the first time, even though there is, um, even though there is somewhat of like a a joke about him still, like like this, where it's like if he scores, he's gonna be celebra- he's gonna be performing at halftime. Like I feel like for once, like you said, it's a likable story because he kind of went from like this super duper star to like in the dumps and like back to star. And I guess the the main things I wanted to say about it is. One, he had a hundred plus receiving yards for the first time in what was it like three years in the mm-hmm. NFC Championship. He kind of helped save the Rams season after Robert Woods got hurt. Even the, or was Robert? Yeah, Robert Woods got hurt after he got acquired. But that offense is different if OBJ is not there. Yeah, when Robert totally Woods agree. got hurt, um, you saw the Debo Samuel stuff after the game, hugging him, like consulting a, a consoling a, a guy that's crying after a game. I saw today on. Um, on Twitter, he there's like a LAPD kids program where he gave 19 tickets to the kids of like of uh, of Los Angeles to go to the Super Bowl, and then like and there was like this little thing in like the station and like everyone was celebrating and like hugging him, and then of course he brought a lot of that swag to the to the Rams and I just feel like in total, despite the shenanigans sometimes and all those things, it's kind of working. And I think LA was perfect for him, right? Because he can kind of do those things in LA and it's just seen as showtime. But on top of that, we've got to see the like really good side of him as a person too, which is really cool. And it's kind of the Cinderella redemption story. Yeah. And I just wonder how many times and how many people his dad has gone up to this week and said, told you so motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. Like got him. You know, actually George, I'm tweeting something out. So just give me a second, but you know, they, they, uh, I saw something. It was like OBJ. What was it? OBJ Senior Executive of the Year Award by the NFL. Yeah, seriously, bro. I mean, the guy, his dad's good, man. And if someone needs to hire him in the scouting department, film watching, film like analysis, he was right. He was open in Cleveland. Just no one was getting him the football. So, so yeah, and, shout out to OBJ Senior. And I'm here to make an apology because 
I think both of us were quite the critics. <laughs> like we were oh, for yeah. sure wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I still probably wouldn't have like, okay, we can look in hindsight and say, would I handled it the same way as Odell Beckham Jr.'s team did, whether it was with his permission to post a video online showing all the times he's open or with his dad. Like, am I going to say that was the right way to do it? No. Did it work out? Yes. But still, I don't know if I would like, you know, in the future for wide receivers, dads to be posting YouTube videos of guys getting open to invent domain. Okay. We, I agree, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, we both thought he sucked. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, thought, I, thought he, I thought he was very highly overrated. I even said, you know, on a video that, that he hasn't been good since Obama's been in office. And that was true, really. He wasn't good since 2016. So I, this has been really damn cool for him, and it's a really great redemption story, and I was damn wrong. Yeah, I, I was wrong, too. It feels very Russell Westbrook-ish, um, even though Russell Westbrook has not had his redemption side, but it feels like the same well, maybe way, Maybe his right? dad like, would pull some tape on mine. He could. <laughs> yeah, maybe, you never know. And, you know, the whole, like, LeBron thing with OBJ was weird. LeBron was tweeting, like, free OBJ, even though mm-hmm. LeBron's from Cleveland and then he was on the Browns. That's a good but, point, yeah. Which is also weird. I mean, the Browns players seem to support him. like Jarvis Landry, his best friend was kind of supporting him too, even though Jarvis Landry seems pretty committed to the Browns. There was obviously something about OBJ in Cleveland that just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree. I don't like the way it was exited, right? With the with the like the, <laughs> the, the video stuff, all that shit. Yeah, like LeBron yeah, yeah. tweeting. It's like it was like clutch sports. I make sure everybody had clutch sports. Jamar, Jamar Chase, remember, came out and uh Justin Jefferson came out with free OBJ shirts on Sunday. Yeah. I was like, like, dude, he's not in jail. Yeah, he's fine. But they were all right. The guy they were right. Is, yeah. The guy is a great receiver again. Immediately, it wasn't him not being open. It wasn't him dropping passes. Um, I don't know if the Rams would be in the same position without OBJ. Now he's not the best receiver on the team. Obviously, that's Cooper Cup. But once they lost Robert Woods, if they didn't have OBJ, I don't know how if the offense would be as effective as if we've seen it in the playoffs. I totally agree. I couldn't so, agree more. Shout out to OBJ. Uh, I'm, I am happy for him. I'm not going to lie. That's pretty cool to see. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next tweet for me from FBG Chase or Football Perspective. Joe Burrow. Has hey, George, the mo- George, before yep, you get yes, there, yes. I apologize for not doing a shout out to, oh. to who got TP, who got PS5. Was my last tweet guy because you know I'm gonna hit him up and say we used your 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 tweet in this podcast, but I didn't shout him out. So go ahead, you remind Fair me enough. to shout him out. J- just just don't you know if he said who got PS5, just don't send him a PS5 for the tweet. It was a good tweet, but not gonna send him a PS5. So, all right, Fair. football perspective. Joe Burrow took the most sacks in the NFL this season. Matt Stafford threw for the most interceptions in the NFL this season. The most heavily sacked quarterback has never won the Super Bowl or even made one before this Super Bowl. The most interceptions thrown has only won one Super Bowl for, before, and that was Eli Manning in 2007. So it is rare for both of these quarterbacks, the interception leader and the sack leader, to be in the playoff and to be in the Super Bowl. That's, that's really fucking weird. I know. It's just weird stat. I mean, you have nothing more to say than that, but just I know, but like you know, an interesting weird stat. Like how like like uh I mean shit. If you're being sacked the most in the NFL season, you would think there is no goddamn way in hell that team makes the playoffs. And if you look at the stat, that no no quarterback with that stat has won the Super Bowl. Eli did or win even made one. <laughs> Are we sure about that? Oh, even made one, yeah. Oh Jesus. Yeah, yeah so 
that that one's more remarkable than the interceptions because some guys, right? Brett Favre is pretty interception heavy. Um, you've seen some good quarterbacks, Jameis Winston, all time great, very interception heavy, right, George? Yeah, uh, he he throws a little. He kind of throws the other team a little bit, but it shows there's still hope for him in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you can you can if be Eli, if Eli did it. Both number one in overall Stafford, picks maybe. Too. In Stafford, number and one Stafford. overall pick. Number one overall pick. Yeah. You know, Jameis would fit in this little category. Maybe he'd be the most, in, you know, Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford, Eli Manning. I like it. I like it too. Yeah, same same class. But th- this is actually pretty remarkable. Um, it makes you think, like, one of these issues is going to play a big role in the Super Bowl, right? Like, it could be a bad Matt Stafford interception because he's had a couple of those crazy bad ones this year. Or just my biggest concern, which when we get to our predictions, like... I'm rooting for the Bengals. Don't get me wrong. I'm rooting for both quarterbacks. I don't know who to root for quarterback-wise, but I'm rooting for the Bengals as a team, as a Seahawks fan here. But what scares me the most is if you're the most sacked quarterback in the NFL and you're going against like Von Miller and Aaron Donald, (laughs) that's not going to be easy for the Bengals. No, it's not going to be easy for the Bengals at all, to say the least. <laughs> like that, that doesn't bode well for their chances. But then the Bengals' defense does pick off the ball quite a bit. It doesn't bode well for Matt Stafford either. So, but I also did see Eli Apple get fucking torched for a half against the Chiefs. Pretty bad. We did. Yes, we did. We did see that. <laughs> I think there's more negatives on the Bengals side, but we'll we'll find out. This is this was definitely an interesting stat, though, from football perspective. I uh, I I'm actually. I'm actually surprised that even the most interception throwing QB has won a Super Bowl before. Me too. Uh, I was more. I was actually very surprised by that in general. Yeah, because I, I, that that's that's really hard to do. But you know, Eli Manning's also a, was a really weird scenario. I feel like the Super Bowls that he won weren't they always like the six seed the years they won. I think they won both times as a six seed against the Patriots, and both times included a, a miracle catch to win. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Which, but it's cool. Uh, let's get to your last tweet before we get to mine. Cause mine's a little more pro bowl related, but it's kind of an idea. Okay. Oh, I know which one yours is. Okay. So my last tweet is from Chad Johnson at Ocho Cinco. Oh yeah. The NFL, player. I'm just joking. Can someone explain to me how, <laughs> what was, what was, what was the joke there? <laughs> like, I know she's like from Chad Johnson at Ocho Cinco. Like, People don't know who he is. Like, yeah, it's obvious. If you listen to a sports podcast, you know who he is. He said, can someone explain how the diehard fans of these teams are supposed to support their team and attend the game? And he put a picture of the ticket prices and the map of the stadium. And it seemed like the cheapest ticket I could find on the map was $4,830. Um, as you can probably assume, that's a nosebleed seat. Uh, yeah, and that's just what's cropped in this photo. There might be a couple that are somewhere in that 4,000 range. But, I mean, if we're talking anything lower bowl for the Super Bowl, we're talking like 24, 15, 11, 39, 12, 8, 9, 12, thousand dollars. <laughs> like, yep. You know, this is not something that an average... Like, Dude, most millionaires even don't feel comfortable. Like a millionaire doesn't feel comfortable if you were like $2 million to put $10,000 in tickets for two. Yeah. Or even like, like behind the field goal post is like some, some of them are $12,000. Imagine spending, having to spend $24,000. Let's say you don't live in LA. Now you have to accommodate for hotel and flight. 
we're talking about a thirty to thirty-five thousand dollar expense to go to a football game. Um, I'm not really sure. This is maybe I think you could agree with this. Mm-hmm. Maybe the one of it's not an issue for the NFL, but I think it's an issue for the fans. This is an issue of having a Super Bowl in LA and having a team in LA in a stadium mm-hmm. available to the NFL. They're happy because if they're selling these fucking tickets, they're stoked, right? They're like, fine, bring only rich people. We don't need a good crowd. But my question is, is it going to bring down the quality? Are we having like, what is this fan base? Because we know what the LA fan base is like, right? Like, coming from two guys that we've been to LA a lot. We, we obviously are Seahawks fans. So we've watched a lot of games. We've seen SoFi stadium be filled with other fans more than their own home fans. Now with a game like this in LA where people just want to spend money to go to the game, do you think it can kind of bring down the quality? Like compared to if you have a game in Indianapolis, maybe, I mean, I kind of think like in general, the, um, the Super Bowl crowd tends to be corporate anyway every single year. Um, you can always tell like the noise level in the Super Bowl is not like kind of even either way. So I think it's more of a corporate level. I think it's more of a show. I don't think it's going to end up doing anything to the quality of game. It's I think it's just what the reality of Super Bowls are from now on. It's bought off by mostly corporate level people. They don't have that many seats available for fans and then the a lot of people won't get the season just resell them to, to other fans and then they end up being bought by corporate anyway so it is kind of sad that you can't have the average fan in there but you know that's what greed money power does to the yeah. nfl well i mean and this is year two we're gonna have obviously an advantage for the home team because well last year tampa bay was in tampa bay this year la is right. in la this is going to be I mean, I would say 85% Los Angeles or non fans, non fans of either team, but just living in LA. So you're an LA fan by choice this weekend. Right. I would be shocked if there's more than 15% Bengals fans. I I mean, I'd be shocked if there's even 5% Bengals fans. Like, I don't think fans, maybe there'll be people at corporate level rooting for the Bengals, but I'm talking about fans. uh, fans, Like, yeah, that's what, yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Like fans, fans, I think 5%. I do not expect to see a huge amount of Bengal fans at this game. I I really don't. And I, I'd be actually really surprised to see like the diehard fans being able to go to the game. Yeah. And the thing about that, the reason I say that is because like I said, the LA fans, even if they're not diehard, but if you're like living in LA and you're just going to the game, you're most likely going to just be rooting for LA. So like, yeah. I think the majority, if you're in LA and you're like, oh, I kind of rooting for the Bengals, I guess you're not going in an orange Bengals jumpsuit. You probably don't own anything Bengals. Right. Yeah. So I like the jumpsuit. It sounds like a prison thing. Orange jumpsuit. Okay. Squid game. I bet, I bet somebody does that at a Bengals game or a Browns game. Cause it's kind of a cool look. It is a cool look. Yeah. So my point was, I don't think that they're going to, I just don't think you're going to see much orange, right? Because if you're just a LA guy, you're like, I root for the Bengals. I don't think you're going and buying a Bengals jacket or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people that are just going to the game corporate level, like you said, if you're living in LA, throw on your blue Rams hat that you have from a friend. And I just think it's going to be a majority of LA people. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. And on top of that, I went to Step Up, George. 4800 and $45, the cheapest on StubHub. It is okay. upper side line, section 536, row 14. Uh, How much is it after fees? Because that makes a big difference, right, if I'm, if, you're, if I'm able to afford it. Okay, and you can only buy the four <laughs> tickets together. Okay. Oh, okay. 
So imagine if Jesus you're a family. Christ. Like, let's say I'm in Cincinnati right now. I'm, you know, me and my, like, it's me. me it's like our family. Two, two boys. We're going to take our parents to the Super Bowl. We've been waiting years to watch our team make the Super Bowl, right? And we're, mm. you know, we're not millionaires. Or we're doing okay in life. So it's like we can, we can afford some nice things, right? To, to make it to the Super Bowl, four tickets with the worst seat in house for our family. Row 14 of section 536. We're not talking section 200, 300, 400. We're talking section 500. After service fees and tax, um, the four tickets would come out to $24,933. I've been, I've been find a hotel room, flights, food. You're, you're like you said, you're talking 30, 35, 30,000 bucks. And the big news this week has been a lot about parking. I've seen online, which is oh yeah, that's right. That are there are parking spots that are being sold for like the upwards of a couple, you know, a couple thousand dollars. There are people selling in the neighborhoods of Inglewood around the stadium, selling parking spots in their driveway, like selling it to people for putting it on Craigslist, like one mile from stadium, three hundred dollars park in my driveway. Yeah, this is ridiculous. I mean, look. It's sports. It's supposed to be American. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be non, like five thousand dollar tickets. I I actually don't yeah. like it. I, I'm going to tell you now. It's it's just makes a Super Bowl experience. I think for people, even when they're in the future, just seeing these prizes to think like, okay, my team makes a Super Bowl in three years. I'm not going to go to the game. Like it's just it, it it's yeah. really sad. It is sad. Uh, it's it's not it's not realistic for fans. I'll tell you, Spot Hero is an online marketplace uh, for selling parking spots. Okay, uh, they say the average price within two miles of the stadium is two hundred fifty dollars. Parking at existing businesses is going to be more near Hollywood Park Casino. Spaces are going at three hundred dollars and as high as one thousand dollars if you want to park uh, to the right of the stadium. Okay. And then if, if you, you put if you pay a thousand dollars for parking, you're an asshole. I'm just going to say that right now. Yeah, don't pay it. Hugo Vincent lives a mile from the stadium. He's a local resident of the area. He sold his spot in his driveway for $200 as a part of agreement. And he said he will drive the person to SoFi and, and bring them back. That's nice of him. <laughs> yeah. like, it, But th- that is going to be so crazy. Like, Imagine, George, if you're trying to go to a Super Bowl and you got to pay $200, $300 to go park in some guy's driveway two miles from a game and get a ride. Like, It's, it's a sporting event. At some point, we got to have some realistic numbers. Yeah, and let the fans have fun. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, not too many average fans are going to be paying five thousand dollars. But man, like, if you imagine if you're a Bengals fan and you did pay five thousand dollars for a group of four tickets after taxes twenty four thousand, so really five thousand a ticket, and they lost. Yeah, and you end up spending thirty five thousand dollars. Jesus Christ, we fucking lost. I spent thirty five thousand dollars. I won't my leave this the game. seat. I'm like, yeah, I'm just sitting here. Like, no yeah. games over. Yeah, I'm not fucking leaving. I, I own this fucking seat. You're like, now. what's the next concert next week? I'm staying. <laughs> I'm staying forever. That's a good point. Thirty thousand dollars, thirty five thousand dollars. Take your family from Cincinnati to L. A. And the worst seat in the house, George. Forget, don't forget that. That's the worst, cheapest seat in the house, and then you lose. Yeah, I'd regret it my whole life. I can't believe I spent thirty five fucking thousand dollars on that. Yeah, I, I don't think. I think just watch at home if that's the case, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm just planning on watching at home unless we're they're going to a game for media. That's the yeah, only absolutely. that's the only way. Yeah. yeah, if we have media pass for you know next year the Super Bowl is in Phoenix and maybe we have media passes to the game because it's in our in our backyard. But 
other than that, I'm probably not paying for next year. It won't be five thousand dollars ticket in Phoenix. It'll probably be like three, two, yeah, maybe for the worst. 20, year. Maybe twenty five hundred. Keep yeah. our. We should keep our eyes out on these tickets. I would be surprised if they sell for five thousand dollars for the worst next year. This year. Oh, this year. Yeah. Well, we'll see. They uh, might. Yeah, they might start. Uh, they might start dwindling down. This yeah, week. I think so. You got to shoot high. You're never going to shoot low for Super Bowl tickets. No, absolutely not. <laughs> well, all right. Well, that's kind of all our topics because mine's going to be something a little random after this. So I guess before we move on to my random topic, because we want to talk about that the excuse of football that we saw yesterday with the Pro Bowl um, that we didn't really watch, but you saw yeah, I was going to say I didn't, hand see, touch. didn't see it. Refused. No, you saw it. You, you see saw the clip. Every, every, yeah, every, we've seen multiple clips because that's okay, how the world clip. works now. Yeah. So we've all seen it. Um, I didn't say watch. I said saw. <laughs> so, uh, we all saw what that like disgrace of football was, and two hand touch stuff. So I want to get to that in a second. But I guess before we go to that topic, what are your final thoughts on the Super Bowl? I mean, like, let's just shoot the shit for a couple minutes because for me, I told you my biggest thing is I like both quarterbacks. I'm probably rooting for the Bengals overall, but goddamn, I've seen a guy as mobile as Russell Wilson have trouble getting away from this Rams defensive line in Aaron Donald. It is not an easy test. This is a young Bengals team, young linemen. We're talking about linemen that were playing with Joe Burrow and LSU. His receiver was playing in LSU of Joe Burrow. This is a young team and a shitty offensive line. Aaron Donald, if he wants to, if he wants to dominate Joe Burrow on that offensive line, it's going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, as someone who went eight and four so far in the NFL playoffs against the spread, you know, I would like consider myself, you know, 75%, which is really good. I'm going to do under ba- 500 this year, just like me. For the whole I season, know, so. I know. But hey, you know, the playoffs have been great. I adjusted finally, <laughs> finally was able to do something in the playoffs. Uh, I'm taking the Bengals plus four and a half. And I have this weird feeling the Bengals are going to win. I feel like the football gods are with uh joseph lee burrow and the Bengals. i feel like the football gods don't i've never seen a team like the rams win a super bowl a team that became like this this uh how do i explain it super team where they go and sign obj they go and trade for von miller they go get matt stafford they're like a dream team of football and i've never seen a dream team of football that was like you know just like a Almost looks like they bought a championship, actually win a championship in the NFL. So there's I think the one team that got... I think you can kind of, you can kind of. I said, let's shoot the shit. Sorry, I wasn't just, I was, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm just shooting the shit. Yeah. So like, I wasn't oh, okay, looking yeah. for the for the spiel. My point okay. was, but that, who's that, that team? I could, you. I'm saying you could say the Denver Broncos when they went and got Peyton Manning, and then they brought in Wes Welker, and they brought in a lot of different pieces. Now the difference of that team is a little. The little difference is. They had some of those pieces in there already, but mm-hmm. they they had a the Payne Manning team did have a small aspect of that the Broncos. That might be the only team that I think I can equate to that. Right? Is there yeah, anybody yeah. else other than that team that you would equate to that? No, I don't think so. And I mean that took till year three, right? And then a shot Peyton Manning. It looked like took a while for it to actually happen because year was one it, they, it was year three, I believe. I think year one they That's didn't the make the Super Bowl. Year two, they beat, they lost to the Seahawks. And then year three, no, year one, they lost to the Seahawks, didn't make Super Bowl. Then I think year three, right? Yeah, year three it was because the Seahawks made the Super Bowl against the Broncos in year one. And then, Payton, and then the Seahawks next year played the Patriots. I mean, the year after the Broncos won. So that was in year three of the Peyton Manning era in Denver where, where they won the Super Bowl. So 
I just haven't seen a team do it before. I think the football gods are against it, and I think the football gods will prevail. What does yellow mean? Let's see. He won. Yeah, you're right. It was year. It was year four, George, in Denver. Year four in Denver. I didn't even realize he played four years in Denver. I always thought it was three. This guy. It was the weirdest journey. Just like 2012, they went 13 and three. Mm-hmm. He led the league in like passing. He oh no, he didn't lead. 2013, his second year in Denver, 13 and three, won the MVP, led the league in uh, in like most completions, led the league in NFL record in yards, NFL record in touchdowns. Wow, that was 2013. Pretty, pretty didn't win. Yeah. 2014 again. He they were 12 and four. Uh, he played all 16 games. He passed for 39 touchdowns and 15 picks. Another amazing year. And then it was the fourth year in Denver where they won the Super Bowl. And he played only nine games, you know, ten nine games. He was seven and two because he got hurt, remember, for a little right. bit. And he threw fifty nine percent completion percentage, nine touchdowns, seventeen picks. Yeah. Weird. And so then he, he won was the Super Bowl. shit. He was like absolute shit that year and they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So it's like the opposite of what I just said. So I take back what I said because the whole time where they were the super team, they lost and they kind of just won the last year when he was shit. Yeah, so I don't think a super team has won a Super Bowl unless you want to go back all the way to the Cowboys and stuff like that. But I think they drafted a lot of those players. So it wasn't really like they made a super team. I think they drafted Aikman. They drafted Irving. They drafted uh, Emmett Smith. It wasn't like they went in like bought all these players. That's true. Okay, that's fair. This would be the first team ever, but it's possible. It's very possible. Someone's <laughs> going to do it eventually. And they, they sh- probably should be the favorite. They are, and they should be, and they are. What do I have? I, I I think I did bet the Rams just for fun when it first came out. Oh, yeah, I got it at three and a half, 50 okay. bucks to win 100, to win 93. Um, now, it's, now it's up to four. Um, it is a complicated situation because don't you feel like – I like your bet plus four. Don't get me wrong because okay. I, I really feel like – I'm betting the it might Rams. Be an emotional bet too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It is an emotional, sort of. It's a it's a prediction. If we're just basing it off who's the better team, it's the Rams, right? It's the Rams. Like, yeah. Uh, my question is, doesn't doesn't it seem like such a small spread, which kind of makes me lean Bengals because it's like, what am I missing? But doesn't the spread seem wrong? Like I thought it could open up at six or five, maybe. That's six what and- I thought too. But then if you go look at like the records, I think they're pretty much identical. What was their final records on the season? I think they're both the four seed in the, in the uh, playoffs. The Rams went to the 12 and five. The Bengals went 10 and seven. No, that's they're both the four seed, but that still was, you, that's a big yeah, difference. 12 that's and a big, five. That's two game difference. Um, yeah, I know it, it does feel like a small spread, but. You know, they kind of sometimes I feel like when there is a small spread, I think Vegas in general, though, like so many people are betting the Bengals, like everyone wants the Bengals win. So (laughs) I don't think many people outside of Rams fans are like die hard, like, oh, yeah, I want the Rams to win. My problem is I want the Bengals and I want Joe Burrow to win. The only other thing I care about is I would like to see Matt Stafford win, but I don't want to see the Rams win. So. Really, that means I want the Bengals, but it's just like I'm rooting for both quarterbacks. You know, like that's what's hard is like I, I think for both quarterbacks, there's something really cool if they win. 
Um, like there's something cool about it, especially Matt Stafford because of the journey, Joe Burrow because of the youth and like I'll be watching a future legend coming. But I'm going to stick with my Rams. At, I had them at minus three and a half from the day the line opened, but I would still take okay. them at minus four. Now, I'm rooting for the Bengals. And I also, George, I'm trying to be logical. Like, I also feel like the Bengals are the right pick. You you know how you said that you have the feeling? Yes. That's also my feeling. But I I, I also feel like my feeling is just wrong. Like, in my head, I'm like, okay, that's my feeling. But, like, how? How are the Bengals going to – how are the Bengals going to win this game? Like, the Rams are that much better. You yeah, know I mean? well, I, Matt, Matt Stafford has been very good at throwing pick sixes this year. I think it's going to take a defensive touchdown by the Bengals. I think they have to make a big play like that or a play where it, like, really flips field position. And, you know, he did lead the league in interceptions. So it is possible for him to throw an interception that could be, you know, costly. He did try to throw an interception that would have been costly against the 49ers, but they ended up dropping the pick and – uh that kind of cost them the game there. So I kind of feel like uh, you need one of those to happen. You need um, a couple, you know, big special teams play. I, I think the Bengals, are, if they are to win this game, like I'm predicting, it's not going to be just that, you know, nice, clean football game where they win 21-17. I think there's some fuckery needs to happen. Yeah, but I don't know, man. <laughs> I really don't. I don't know how to. I don't even know what to say because the Bengals' defense, I feel like, doesn't make those plays. So I'm just trying to see. Even like this year, they have, they have 13 picks on the year. It's like middle of the pack. Like, do they even have like a interception touchdown? That's something I want. To, they have one. Like they're they're not that team that makes those plays. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like. That defense got got some talent on it, but it was not considered a great defense throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I I agree with you. The, the, here's the deal. But while, if, while 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 you explain your deal, Sammy, I'm gonna look up the odds for defensive touchdown by the Bengals and bet it right now. All right. God bless you. Thank I you. I think that at the end of the day, the only way the Bengals win. Is like you said, it's like some crazy shit happening because it has to be within a 10 point game in the fourth quarter with the ball in, in, in uh, what's his full name? Joseph Lee Burroughs hands. Joseph okay? Lee Burrow, yeah, yeah. So it has to be a situation like that. Otherwise, it ain't happening. Uh, I just don't know if they're going to be in that situation. I just think this Rams defensive line is so fucking good. And their corners are good. I mean, like Jalen Ramsey's going to be on Jamar Chase. I don't know if there's a corner in the league you'd want more to be on Jamar Chase than Jalen Ramsey. So, at the end of the day, I'm gonna go Rams. I'm gonna take them on the spread. But if I lose my bets, and if the Bengals win, and people who bet the Bengals win, I will be more than happy to lose my bets to see a Bengals win. But I think logically the Rams are going to win and they're going to, I just think they're so much better than the Bengals, which they are. They are so much better, but that's not always how football works, right? Cause you have a guy like Joe Burrow and you have a Cinderella story like the Bengals. And sometimes those teams just prevail and you know, that doesn't matter who is better for this one day. Right. 
Absolutely. Uh, and I just bet plus 500 it was. So only five to one odds. Uh, Bengals defense or special teams touchdown. I think it happens a lot in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, for any team. I mean, I'm just thinking about, you think about a lot of plays that happen in Super Bowls, like safeties and, and, and random pick sixes. It just happens a lot because there's a lot of just shit going on during a Super Bowl. You know, like nerves. <laughs> Bad throws by yeah, both quarterbacks. N- no scoring in the first quarter. I think the Patriots during Tom Brady's era never scored a touchdown in the first quarter. Yeah, and the yeah. won six Super Bowls. Yeah, so <laughs> in the first quarter, especially a lot of uh, offensive mistakes can happen. Yeah, well, it looks like you're leaning Bengals. I'm leaning Rams, but I think we're both clearly uh, rooting for the Bengals. Absolutely. So let's go, Joseph Lee Burrow. I did want to bring up one last thing, which was I saw this tweet yesterday about the Pro Bowl by Doug, the Doug Rush. Um, he said, because the Pro Bowl was a shit show, right? Yeah. Unwatchable. Unwatchable. Like we, we we saw a couple of clips. They were blowing the whistle on two hand touch because they don't want players hurt. Like, okay, at this point, let's just not have it. Instead of the Pro Bowl, take the two teams with the worst records in the league, the Jaguars and the Lions. Let them play one game determine, to determine the number one overall pick in the draft. Figure that would be much more competitive over the Pro Bowl. That would be the fucking sickest game to watch in the history. Like two, The worst two teams in the NFL just like playing their hearts out for the number one pick. I love it. I, I love it too. The only thing is it would be kind of weird. Like Let's just say the like last year, right? Everyone knew Trevor Lawrence was going to be the number one overall pick. So if you're the quarterback of the Jaguars and if you win the game, you get the number one overall pick. Do you want to get the number one overall pick or do you want to lose that game? That was too deep. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer. <laughs> too deep of a thought because Gardner Minshew last year would have been like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm just taking knees. We're losing. Yeah. So sometimes like players don't necessarily, some players don't necessarily want the number one overall pick. Yeah, it would have to be like this year it would be okay because I don't yep. think the Lions are drafting a quarterback. and I don't think Jared Goff's their future, but I don't think their main concern is to – because there's no quarterback to use. With yeah, them, Kenny like, Pickett, num- like who's the number one overall quarterback in this draft. You're I not going to pick like, him one or two. No. no, no, no. no. And Trevor Lawrence, obviously. So this year it's actually a very good concept because Jared Goff would really love to have the number one pick for his team that he's going to be on for at least – I would say he'll be the quarterback of that team for a year or two. At least another year. Yeah, and then Trevor Lawrence is saying like uh, we would love to get that number one pick. So that would be it'd be it's a good idea. But you're right, there is some like I don't know. You you'd have to like bench your starting quarterbacks and be like give the backup. So there there'd be some trickery to it. And like yeah. players that are free agents don't play because they don't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean general's never gonna happen, but it's a great concept. It's a good concept. The Pro Bowl fucking sucks. Was the point? Oh, it's so horrible. <laughs> well, George. That's all we got for our sports section, I guess, right? Super Bowl week. Super Bowl week. Uh, Last thing I do want to say, Sammy, about Super Bowl week. It's really nice. Love the Super Bowl, but it's so fucking sad that this is the last week of NFL football till September and that the MLB is on a lockout because we might not have any baseball for a while either. So it just kind of sucks that. Yeah. It's a shitty situation. It really Um, is. But I guess we'll... Just got to wait and see. Hopefully baseball just makes its way back and we don't have to have this shitty situation, but it is crazy. Last week of football, and I guess it's just NBA doesn't really matter till after that all-star break either. So it's it's yeah. going to be a slow time in sports for us. 
Yeah. In March Madness, no one even knows anyone in college basketball anymore. Yeah. But March Madness <laughs> is fun. You can't say it it's is not fun. fun. There's it's nothing fun, about yeah. it that's not fun, even though you're right. I don't fucking I know Paolo uh, Banchero and I know Chet Holmgren. That's kind of like it. Yeah. I, but I, I do want to say one thing about college basketball. It's, it's real quick about March Madness. Duke is going to win the NCAA tournament this year and retire Coach K with a championship in the last game of his career. I could see it, but I could also not see it because they've been filled with one and dones. But True. cool story. We'll get yeah, there. Cool we'll, we'll probably have to fill in like some podcasts with some some college basketball coming soon. Our podcasts, by the way, for people listening, like. There's going to be a lot more than just football, like starting now, right? I mean, like the trade deadline in the NBA. <laughs> starting now. Yeah. The trade deadline's coming up uh, on Thursday. If something happens, we might hop on a pod and talk a little more Super Bowl and a little more trade deadline again. Uh, and after next week, we're going to have some football and probably some basketball. Maybe start talking baseball lockouts and March Madness. It's going to have to get creative and kind of go back to that uh, style of uh, multiple topics coming up soon, probably. Absolutely. So Love stay it. tuned. Um, and in the meantime, what we're about to do is uh, George is going to, George and I are going to do our bonus episode stuff, which is if you're listening to this, George is going to do one of his stories for Am I the Asshole where you could submit to us at any time at, uh, at pod that, P O D that, um, on Instagram or Twitter and hello at the sports on tap.com. You can hit us up there. Um, for your submissions. But right now we're reading some Reddit submissions. George is going to do one on this episode. And then Friday afternoon, or Friday morning, you'll see a new release with one from me and one from George on our bonus episode. So you got to go to the bonus episode to listen to the other two this week. And then you got to be here to listen to this one from George. Uh, And that was my explanation. I don't know if you got anything else to explain there, G. No, nothing at all. You know what I'm going to explain to the people, though, really quick, is that I'm going to be out of the camera for 10 seconds because I'm going to fix my light. But you can uh, start your story. All right, man. Um, While Sammy does that, today's edition, first story of Am I the Asshole? So this was posted on Reddit by euphoric underscore designer underscore 41. And it's titled, Am I the Asshole? I don't want to meet my dad's mistress or let her meet my family. Ooh, promiscuous. Here's the story. So my mom has been in a nursing home for about six months. After about two years of being looked after by my dad, she has severe bipolar, can never say this, schizophrenia, and something called stytoactive disorder. Schizophrenia. Schizophrenia. <laughs> Thank you, Sammy. <laughs> my pronunciation skills are just that fucking horrible. She won't talk anymore it, and as far it's as pronunciation not pronunciation so there's no i one. think both i actually think both are correct on that one all right well we're going proper on this podcast <laughs> okay she won't talk anymore and as far as i can tell doesn't really know who we are i still try to see her once a week which is hard because of the rona literally a week after she went into the nursing home my dad had a new girlfriend i tried my best to be understanding and not be negative towards him all i asked was to leave me out of it For the past two months, he has been getting really pushy about meeting her, and I just don't feel like it's right. I don't want my daughter to feel like if you're sick in the hospital, it's okay to just forget your vows and find someone else. I've had numerous arguments with him about it, and he won't listen to my side of the story. I just really don't want to be involved. Am I the asshole? Should I let him introduce her to my family? 
Well, um, this one's very personal. It is. I, I I struggled with this one because that's why I put it on there. Cause I, I, I'm having a little bit of trouble deciding if she's an asshole is, or is he an asshole or is no one an asshole? Yeah. Um, what was the conclusion on Reddit? No one's asshole. It was only 17 hours ago. So there's still no conclusion. Hmm. Well, Well, he said my dad's mistress, huh? Yeah, when he says, but then she <laughs> called her girlfriend later. So is there really a mistress? My question is, yeah, I feel like I needed some context. Was was this actually a mistress while their parents were together and then he cheated on their mom? Like okay, that, that would, that change, may, that the would change the situation. Absolutely. I wonder, because here's the thing. Uh... Refusing to meet the mistress and ignoring his feelings and not letting him. Yeah, that's one thing. Okay. At some point, you got to be okay with the fact that, like, you know, if your family's divorced or if your parents move on one day, you kind of have to accept the fact, right? Right. Not your decision, their decision. Um, George, this is the toughest one we've had on the podcast, my friend. I know. Uh, well, I guess the question, uh, me, is she an asshole? And I, I'm, I'm going to say no, she's not an asshole. But neither is he. I think, I think she is kind of an asshole. Ooh, for yeah. she's an asshole for not like. It sounds like not supporting her dad and trying to like have another partner and like move on. Um, but he seems like he might be kind of an asshole if it was actually a mistress in the sense of like he was cheating on the mom. And that's why they are now in this situation, right? Like, mm -hmm. not together. Um, so I, I'm going to go with they're potentially both the assholes. Um, yeah. There's one problem here, but it says literally a week after she went into the nursing home, my dad had a new girlfriend. I mean, a week later is pretty quick to be like wanting, but I don't know how much later he wanted to introduce. Like, she, I feel like she didn't, she left out a lot of information that would be critical for me to decide who's the asshole here. Yeah, I like this comment, Jordan. I'm going to read it. All right. Based please. on the challenge of your mom being your mom's caretaker, it doesn't make your dad an asshole for having a girlfriend who's probably been around longer than two weeks, nor does it make him the asshole wanting you to meet her, insisting that you do despise, dis, insisting that you do despite you clearly stating your discomforts does, however, make him also the asshole. <laughs> so they're kind of both the asshole. Yeah, and like, they're both, and they're both also not assholes. Not the or, assholes. Yeah, yeah, at the same time. I mean, and sometimes, you know what, Sammy, in life, there's can be multiple assholes and there can be no assholes. That's life. Yeah, I actually have one that I think is both the assholes coming up for the bonus episode on Friday. So, uh, and it's like, that's what, it was like voted both assholes. Oh. And so, which is always interesting. But uh, uh, I'm just, George, the biggest problem with this one is the context. I'm confused. Mistress or girlfriend? Because mistress sounds like our parents were still together and he had a mistress. Right. And that's wrong. And then he would be an asshole. And I understand. But but, but I also do think he was a mistress because uh, I, I think she was a mistress without her knowing she's a mistress because she alluded a week later after she he had a new girlfriend. So maybe she's been around a lot longer, but like he kind of admitted it later. It hasn't 
really like admitted she was a mistress. Maybe, bro. That's assuming, bro. Maybe. <laughs> and you know what assuming does, George? It makes me the asshole because it makes an ass out of you and me. Yeah. So don't assume and don't be an asshole. <laughs> well, all right. We have to make a final conclusion. I'm gonna. Is your final conclusion both assholes or both not assholes? I'm. I'm gonna assume, like, even though we said not to, I'm gonna assume that this was actually a mistress. Okay. Like, and now that the mom's like older and in in, in a hospital, he was just like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go date other people." As she was going through health issues, so I'm gonna go. He's the asshole because I think any daughter. Would, wouldn't even ask this question if it was like, you know, it's been years and I'm just, it's like, you know, I'm going to meet her. It's just been a hard time. It sounds like fuck, fuck you and your stupid mistress. Yeah. One week later, he is the asshole. I agree with you, Sammy. Yeah. He is the asshole. I like it. Well, that's all we got for today, George. Um, make sure you guys hit the bonus episode Friday to check out uh, the other two. One of my Am I the Asshole stories and one of George's as well. It'll be on this same feed, the Pod That Brothers. And like I said before, you can always DM us at Pod That on Twitter and on Instagram with your stories if you want to be read right on the uh, podcast. And, uh, or you can email us at hello at thesportsontap.com. And uh, as I said earlier, George, people got to stay tuned. You never know if, if some crazy NBA trade hits on Thursday or if we just feel like talking more Super Bowl. We might be back later this week. So stay tuned. And if not, enjoy the Super Bowl, and we'll be back uh, afterwards when Joseph Lee Burrow is crowned Super Bowl champion. Hopefully. I hope so. <laughs> well, much love. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Pod That Brothers. And uh, this was, of course, brought to you by the Sports on Tap. And, George, you know what we like to say. Cheers to sports. You're listening to the Sports on Tap Podcast Network. Cheers to sports.